This episode of Proper English is brought to you by complaining and the idiom to nip it in the bud. Ooh, I love a good moon, don't you, Ali? Oh, yes, a proper whinge, Dave. I think complaining and moaning is probably universal. But how to go about it in a shop or at work, for example, can be challenging for the British. Oh, it's a painful experience. But before we come on to that, let's see how many synonyms for complain we can think of. Carp, grumble, whine, grouse, gripe, mither. Oh, mither. That's a great one. Is it northern? Probably. Yeah, Yorkshire, Lancashire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my grandma would say, give over mithering. Brilliant. Definitely northern when used in combination with give over. A phrasal verb meaning stop, desist, halt. And someone who mithers is a mitherer? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> someone who whinges is a whinger. Someone who grumbles is a grumbler and so on. A moaning mini. That's a good one. Awesome. So... How to complain if you're British. We are, of course, going to make some gross generalisations here, mm -hmm. but bear with us and you may well end up thinking that your culture treats moaning a bit like ours does. First of all, we prefer to complain about something rather than to somebody. By that, I mean we do enjoy a bit of a moan. Mm. It can help us to bond with other people. We bond with strangers by moaning about the weather. Mm. Oh, this rain's shocking, isn't it? Oh, it's awful. And we've got another week of it forecast. Oh, well, we'll be moaning about it being too hot come August, won't we? And there we are. Two strangers at the bus stop or wherever agreeing on something and therefore feeling a connection. At work, we like a good moon about the boss. Even if we like our boss, there will almost certainly be a point when we'll get together with a colleague or our team and have a bit of a bitch about them. Again, it helps us to bond as a team. Some of the most supportive teams I've worked with were that way because we pulled together to protect ourselves from the boss. True. Also, it relieves tension to have a whinge from time to time. Yeah. When it becomes an everyday occurrence, though, it's time to change. Otherwise, you all drag each other down. Good advice. Ah, but what about when we've got something that warrants a direct complaint? Well, now our built-in awkwardness, what's known as the British Reserve, kicks in. Oh, yeah. We really don't want a confrontation. We don't want to cause a fuss. Let's imagine our next-door neighbour plays their music really loud and late into the night. Oh, I'm already on edge. Well, do we do anything about it on the first occasion? Unlikely. We'll be really grumpy, mm -hmm. but we'll hope that it's a one-off occurrence. I guess if we see them the next day, we might give them a mean look. <laughs> That'll teach them, won't it? <laughs> Probably not. Although, as an ex-teacher, I do have an excellent range of disapproving looks I can use. She does. And some of them are really scary, I can tell you. <laughs> so, our neighbour starts to make a habit of playing loud music. Then what? Well, we'll moan about it between the two of us. And if we see another neighbour, we might have a moan about it to them too. 
quietly hoping that they'll take the initiative. They probably won't, though. No. So, finally, when we can't stand it any longer, we'll go round and ask them to turn it down. Hmm. Only problem is, by now we've really worked up about it. Good phrasal verb, Ali. Thanks, Dave. We've really worked up about it and we may be more aggressive than we wanted or intended. If only we'd said something sooner, we wouldn't be so stressed. One of my newish students in South Korea, Unhei, hello Unhei, had a similar problem with a neighbour once and dealt with it so politely with a well-written note and the problem was solved before it went too far. Impressive. OK, what about this scenario? You're in the queue at the supermarket and somebody pushes in front of you. Oh, well, you tell them that there's a queue, good English thing, queues, and indicate for them to go behind you. Yes, I've done that. Not too difficult. But how about if they push in further ahead in the line? Oh, now that's not so easy, because then it feels like it's the responsibility of the person they're directly in front of. Exactly. Now you've got a problem. Well, there's always the tut. <laughs> exactly. It's remarkable how loudly one can tut. Let's do it again. <laughs> Ideally, pair it with some eye rolling. And if that doesn't work? Well, it doesn't work on radio. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, the preserve of many a mother is the passive-aggressive tactic. Go on. Complain to the person you're with. Remember, we said we'd prefer to complain about rather than to. So, you turn to the person with you and say, Well, how rude. Don't they realise there's a cue? The trick is to use just the right level of volume, louder than your child, friend, whoever needs you to be, but not so loud that you're being really obvious about it. Yes, you want everyone to hear, especially the culprit, oh, yeah. but not so they can accuse you of being rude towards them, as the level of your voice means that they were overhearing you speak. In fact, you could get cross with them for eavesdropping. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> even better. Yeah, so, so does it, does it work? Not in my memory, no. <laughs> it was embarrassing being the accomplice, but having also been the passive-aggressive complainer myself, I can vouch for the fact that it relieves a little tension. Well, that's got to be a good thing, isn't it? British comedy writers love to write about the awkwardness of complaining. Check out Victoria Wood when she relates an anecdote about good manners in a railway carriage. <laughs> On a similar theme, the Monty Python team did the argument sketch. And Alan Bennett wrote a wonderful monologue called A Lady of Letters. And Joe Lysett, a British comedian, includes his very funny letters of complaint in his stand-up sets. <laughs> and now it's time for Idiom of the Week. Idiom of the Week? What do you want for tea then, Roxy? I was thinking we could have fish and chips tonight, seeing as how I got paid yesterday. Oh, good idea. I didn't fancy cooking. You put your feet up and I'll pop round to Chip Ahoy and get us a nice bit of place. 
How was your day, babe? Oh, it was all right, I suppose. Oh, dear, darling. D.I. Davison doing your head in, is she? No more than usual. In fact, she's been all right recently. Roxy, it's the new sergeant. He thinks he's so much better than me. Twice now this week he's sent me out to get his lunch. He's cheeky, isn't he? You're not kidding. You want to nip that in the bud straight away. What? You know, babe, nip it in the bud. Stop it now before it goes any further. Oh, like my granddad did with some of his plants so they didn't grow too quick. Maybe. My dad always said you have to cover plants so that the frost doesn't nip them in the bud and kill them off. Oh, you're right though. Next time he tells me to get his lunch, I'm going to say, get your own. Good for you. And here we are at, <coughs> and here we are at the end of another episode of Proper English. As always, we hope you've enjoyed listening in on our conversation. And please make sure you rate and review us on your favourite podcast app. It helps us get noticed. It would be perfect if you'd recommend us to a friend or a family member or a fellow student. It makes us so happy when we get new subscribers. The more, the merrier. We also love getting feedback, so why not get in touch? Ask us questions about vocabulary in this episode that is unfamiliar to you. Tell us what you'd like us to talk about in future episodes. But how, Ali? How? Well, Dave, our email address is properenglish or one word at sapo.pt. Or you can use Instagram or Twitter or Facebook if you have them. So until next time, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me too. And thank you for listening to Proper, Proper English. English. A phrasal verb meaning stop, desist. And <laughs> you have to have three. <laughs>